Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it and how would it come in handy? This is what I'm asking myself every single day. Even if I'm not planning on going on a trip where I need to use a new language, I'm just like, my brain needs to stay alive. My brain needs to stay active. And there's only so many crossword puzzles I can do in one week. And that's why exactly. I just feel like putting my mind to the test would just be using Rosetta Stone to improve my language skills. And I'm always like idealizing Oh, I want to learn Francais. So when I go to Francais, I can speak French <laughs> with the person in You go to Quebec. <laughs> but really, I'm speaking I'm speaking on a like dream level, which is also great. Use Rosetta Stone to learn the language of a place you're dreaming of visiting. But also practically, it makes more sense for me to learn Spanish. And if I'm gonna learn Spanish, I'm gonna do it on Rosetta Stone. That's amazing. They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, and they have 25 languages offered. You have fast language acquisition because they immerse you in the language. There aren't English translations, so you really learn to speak. You listen. You think in the language of Rosetta Stone, and it has an intuitive process, so you pick up the language naturally. First words, then phrases, then sentences, which means it's designed for long-term retention. And the app has a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, like <laughs> having a personal trainer for your accent. It's very helpful, okay? That was good. That was good. Thank it's, you. It's convenient. There's an amazing value. You can get a lifetime membership and just have every single language, all 25 languages you can have for your lifetime, and you can just work through them as long as you're alive. That's kind of an iconic mm -hmm. goal to have. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash who today. You will say Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And Katy Perry gave birth and the baby's name is Daisy. As everyone thought. Well, not everyone. I don't think everyone was in as involved as we were in guessing the name of this baby, but Daisy Bloom. Daisy Dove Bloom, which is funny because Dove is the trendy name. Do you know that? It's trendy. Is it trendy like currently? Yeah. All I can think of is Dove Cameron. No, there's like babies being born named Dove. I could not name you one, but like I've seen it a few times. She could name it after an album, Daisy Prism Second Half. Bloom. Okay, we're. I'm ending this conversation because she's a them, and we actually should not be talking about her. No, we or shouldn't her be talking baby, about that. Congratulations, she gave birth to a baby. Do we just want to get right into comments because we have so many this week? Yeah, I have to say, your guys's calls. We need some more like original thought. Like you can't just call and comment <laughs> on everything. You have to call and give us some new stuff to talk about. I know we all have group think, but I know you have the creativity in you to come up with some questions and some thoughts and some theories. Let's. Don't stop. We don't want to scold you. We don't want to scold mm -hmm. you. I'm scolding. Thank you for Sorry, calling I'm scolding. at all. Thank you for calling at all. You're Bobby's gracious. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Who's There, our weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns. Emphasis on questions. Emphasis on questions. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Bobby. You just paused the bonus episode where you were talking about Mosmo getting five months and then he would serve like two weeks of it. So I'm actually a prosecutor in training. I'm starting my last year of law school, but I did prosecution work all summer this summer at the state level. And since these are federal charges and they're pleading guilty to a federal plea agreement, most likely they will actually serve all of the time they plead guilty to. Federal time does not include like 
probation or parole or anything like that in almost every case. So if they plead guilty to like five months and like spoiler alert, she's going to get two months. Same case the federal system, they probably will actually serve all of that time. So just thought I would give you an update. Love you guys. Crunch, crunch. Bye. That's good to know. Wow. That makes perfect sense. They're going to serve the whole time. My favorite Damien Rice song, Federal Crimes. (laughs) (laughs) It, uh, we got a lot of lawyers calling about this. Very friendly, very sweet lawyers. Very nice lawyers. I know. Um, One day I'm going to need one of these lawyers and I'm going to go right into the Who Weekly call log and I will call one of those lawyers and be like, hey. (laughs) Next call. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. I hope you haven't been inundated with calls on this topic, but the DJ Colette song from The Devil Wears Prada, it plays in very, very faintly. You can just kind of hear like the the bass in the background, but um, it's playing in the scene where Jacqueline Follet um, comes into the benefit gala and Emily, I'm sorry, I'm stoned. Why am I trying to remember names? Emily is explaining to Andy who she is um, after she's like snotted her face out. Anyway, crunch, crunch. Yes. Thank you, true Devil Wears Prada heads. I found the clip and here it is. Isn't that Jacqueline Follet from French Runway? Oh my god, Miranda hates her. She was supposed to arrive after Miranda left. I did? Oh, yeah. Miranda, fabulous event. You brought Jacqueline. Surprise. Quelle surprise. Anyway, so it's very you quietly playing. I know. What was weird is I ran it through, you know, on Hindenburg where you can kind of drown out the noise. Yeah. Because I wanted to see if maybe the music would be a little clearer. But then it sounded even stranger. Listen to this. Shut up. It's Flame Friday. Happy Flame Friday. I I wish Flame was playing at the Met Ball Gala in the Met Devil Wars Prada years before it was released and cursed Tinashe. (laughs) And fully cursed Tinashe, who hated it, even though we loved it. Okay, thank you for those calls. Yes, it's whenever Miranda meets Jacqueline. Oh, Jacqueline. She hates Jacqueline. I know. Is that the same scene where she has to have the book with all the names in it and she has to yes. remember their faces? Yes. Mm, I like that part. But when she gets the book and she's like, that's John or whatever, the song by DJ yeah. Colette is not playing. It's only playing sure. for this like 20 second, 25 second snippet. Um, yeah. Next call. The Brandy Monica feud was real. Monica punched Brandy backstage at the 1998 VMAs. That MacBook. I always thought that this was just a rumor because they've spent like 20 years being like, it was all made up for the song. The labels pitted us against each other because they wanted to sell the song and they made people hate us. We don't hate each other anymore. Like it was all because we were teens and all these like men were in control of our lives. But then they address it in this one interview from 2012 when they were promoting um, that That MacBook. And they're like, did you punch Brandy? And Monica's like, I don't, I'm not gonna. And then Brandy's like, oh God, oh God, but oh God, like oh God, oh God. But they're like laughing. And Brandy's like, no. And Monica's like, I plead the fifth. You can play the clip here. It definitely sounds like something happened. It definitely yeah. sounds like she put her hands on her. Because she's like, I apologize, I apologize, I apologize. And Brandy's like, I'm not saying anything. Tell the truth, tell the truth. Oh it's my all God. Good. Tell the truth. Did she? Oh my God, this is not happening. <laughs> what happened? Not plead hey. the fifth. I no, said I was really sorry. Happened? I said I was sorry. Monica, you put your hands on Brandy? I'm sorry. Oh my God, really? I said I was sorry. It all belongs to me. It's on iTunes right now. The video is out. Both for us on 106 and 
I definitely think that like the tension between them was so false because they're like we didn't know each other yes. we put together and then there was tension that was falsely created by the media and our management yeah that's the thing that makes me so uncomfortable it's like the feud was real but the feud was also fake right the feud was completely manufactured and because they were children it seemed real to them it was intense to them they fed off of it like they were completely manipulated and but I think you can say the feud was real, even though it was falsified. Like, yeah. it was a real thing, and they really did dislike each other at the time of the song, and also clearly got into some sort of unnamed altercation at the <laughs> MTV Awards, as they allude to, as Monica alludes to, even though they won't say what happened. Yeah. The only people who've hey. actually said, like, Monica punched Brandy are, like, men who were there, because they claim, like, Monica punched Brandy. But clearly something happened. It must be so exhausting every time you are Brandy or Monica. And Monica has both of them. But especially Monica has so many other traumatic events to get through in her life. And every time you go and get interviewed, you're like, so tell me, do you hate Brandy? Like, you hate each other. You hate each other? It's been 20 years. To be fair, they did release like a follow-up song to it and did all the press in the world. Like, they definitely like got over it to the point where they're like, we're going to capitalize off of it again. I'm just saying, like, I don't feel so, so, so bad because they made that decision. Mm -hmm. And also, I will say, you say Monica has trauma. Brandy's brother is Ray J. So let's not even get in. <laughs> let's not even get into it. Okay, we can move on. Hey, you weekly. Uh, medium time, medium time here. Just wanted to provide you with some more info about Snoopy and MetLife. In 2016, actually, Snoopy and MetLife parted ways. They had worked together for over 30 years. Um, in a previous life, I may have served as a Snoopy Wrangler, dressing him and repairing his costume as needed. Uh, people loved him, and it was kind of a big deal when the relationship ended. But you might find this interesting, living will be a laptop. This is a very sweet call because mm -hmm. it sounds like she was in a relationship with Snoopy. <laughs> People loved him and I took care of him and fixed his costume. It was a mutual decision. Um, yeah, they Snoopy is no longer with MetLife. They broke up. The estate, they were being paid like $12 million a year to license Schultz Snoopy. or whatever. Charles Schultz, like yeah. the like the comics, the Peanuts yeah, estate. Yeah, I was reading about it. It was, it was one of those complicated relationships where it's like the rights were actually owned by some like larger conglomerate, but then the actual Schultz estate got like 40% of all the profits and the conglomerate got like 60% or something crazy. Right. So it's like, but the Schultz estate was making a good, still makes, they don't need MetLife for it. But when they had MetLife, it was bonkers money. And it was like, they make so much money off of the Peanuts characters every year. So much money. Those yeah, people. That's true. Um, yeah. But I like this interview with the global chief marketing officer of MetLife, Esther Lee. Of and she said, we brought in Snoopy over 30 years ago to make our company more friendly and approachable during a time when insurance companies were seen as cold and distant. It worked. Also, Snoopy helped drive our business and served an important role at the time. We, She added that we have great respect for these iconic characters, but that it's important that we associate our brand directly with the work we do and the partnership we have with our customers. Meaning when they die, we pay their relatives. Like, did you did they think that Snoopy took the meaning of the company too far from where it was like supposed to be? Like no one knew what MetLife and life insurance was anymore. I think they just stopped doing consumer marketing and they were like, let's stop making this about ads and actually like try to improve our service or something. It was all like bullshit Aww, marketing speak. Wow. They wanted to spend less money on marketing as I think ultimately what yeah, the let's issue be is. Real. Um, yeah. Next call. Speaking of topics, we got one million comments about. Hey, Lindsay and Bobby. Uh, long time, occasional time. I just finished your segment about cookie butter, and I wanted to call in and say that Speculos is actually, I would say, a European them. Um, I did a fellowship in France several years ago, and 
uh, Seculose was like a v- very common um, option uh, like Nutella for crepes. And um, there was also a bubble tea place in Paris in the 14th that or the, that I like to go to um, that also had Speculose and Nutella as a bubble tea flavor. So um might be an American who, but uh, definitely uh, French them. Crunch, crunch. The thing that I find interesting is that the company that like Lotus Speculos, who makes those cookies in Europe, is the same exact company as Biscoff. Like they're the same. It's just a different name. Just a different name. Yeah. Yeah. I Lotus love those cookies. Biscoff. I love. Yeah. Those cookies. Yeah. Well, they're called Speculos. And Speculos means it's a word from Flemish, from the Latin word for spice. Did you go to the, spe- I'm assuming you also went to the Speculos Wikipedia and they have the little shortbread oh, yeah. cookies in the corner. I did. Yeah. They look like animals. And there's a ship, a farmhouse, an elephant, and a horse. And they reminded me that I haven't had those Ringling Brothers animal crackers in so long. Did you also love... Everyone loved those as a kid. I know, but they're definitely overrated. They're not very good cookies. Yeah. Like, I'd rather eat Speculos. I'd rather eat Biscoff or Speculos over, like, those, like, kind of bland, shortbread-ish adjacent animal crackers. Technically or animal those, crackers. Or those, like, Dutch, those, like, butter cookies in the tin. I love oh, those. Oh, those I fucking love. Well... You're fucking tin. Every single time I go to your apartment, or RIP, it's been six months, but every single time <laughs> I go to your apartment and I see that fucking Royal Dansk like tin on your coffee table, I'm like, cookies! And then I open up and it's not cookies in there. It is not cookies in there. Some people would be more excited by what's in there than the cookies. Unfortunately, <laughs> always... you're not one of them. I feel like one day it'd be really funny if you came over and it was cookies. <laughs> you were like, Cookies! And it Yay. was. Oh, they're so good. I do think those cookies are really good and they're not overrated at all. The tin no, not cookies. All. Not all. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Just listening to the podcast and uh, had to stop it to share this bit of information that T- Tiffany Thiessen was briefly engaged to the non-Lion Reynolds guy on Two Guys, a girl at a pizza place or Sam's Pizza Place. I'm ashamed of knowing this, but had to share it. Living will be the laptop. This is incredible. On two guys and a girl in a pizza place, one of the guys, not Ryan Reynolds and not the girl, was engaged to Tiffany minus Amber Thiessen because she had already (laughs) taken Amber off of her name when they got engaged at this point because she guest starred on an episode, a series of episodes of two guys and a girl in a pizza place. And she played his girlfriend on the show. She's a firefighter named Marty. (laughs) And then they like hooked up. I know. She's a firefighter named Marty. And they hooked up and then they got briefly engaged. And then they guess they broke it off. But that's like incredible information. <laughs> You're like, I don't care. <laughs> that's incredible information. No, I think it's it's very good information. I managed to say that whole thing without saying his name, which is Rick, Richard Rucolo. Lost to time. That name is lost to time. Um, we're going to move on to questions. But before we do that... We're going to play most of your calls about state names and city names that also rhyme with human names uh, as alternatives <laughs> to Hannah Montana oh, and Hannah Texas Montana. Alexis. I'm not even sure. If, I'm pretty sure we were like, call in with your ideas. But maybe I didn't even Never. say that. Don't the point listen is, to us people ever. called in anyway. And then some of our actual friends texted us very long lists <laughs> that they made independently in their own spare mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's play those and go into questions. Jada, Nevada. Chucky, Kentucky. Morgan, Oregon. Romy, Wyoming. 
Surrey, Missouri, Kippy, Mississippi, Jane, Maine, JoJo, Idaho, Carolyn, Maryland, Dom, Guam, Paloma, Oklahoma, Mona, Arizona. Kylie, Hawaii, Ramona, Arizona, Blair, Delaware, Hannah, Indiana, Hannah, Louisiana, Chelsea, New Jersey, Tammy, Miami, Morgan, Oregon, Dakota, South Dakota, Elaine, Maine, Antonio, Ohio, Anna, Nevada, Lana, Indiana, Naomi, Wyoming, Shiloh, Ohio, Carolyn, Maryland, Kylie, Hawaii, Ramona, Arizona, and, oh, lastly, Austin, Boston, but that doesn't count. Crunch, crunch. It was like 70-something degrees a couple days ago. It's time to put our winter weather to bed, or in my Pull case, under out. the bed. Your linens, sweeties. The lin it's time it's linen season, honey. Oh, oh, all I want is linen all the time. I just want to be draped in linen for my entire life. Not only am I pulling out my linen tops, my linen bottoms, my linen dresses, I'm putting on my linen sheets. I'm putting on my linen pillowcases. I'm just like Ooh. everything is linen because the weather's getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts, tees, and linen. I know. I should probably buy some linen shorts from Quince. I have a Quince cotton duvet cover that I really like. Ooh. And it's warm. Ooh. It's it's warm in the cold months and it's cool in the warm months, which is sort of where I want my bedding to be, somewhere mm -hmm. in the middle. You and know? you can get premium European linen from blouses, shorts, dresses from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And you get it for a good price because Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands by partnering directly with top factories, they cut out the cost of the middlemen and pass the savings on to I you. I hate middlemen. I and hate Quince middlemen. only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. We love it. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash who for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash who to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash who. Hi, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. I was wondering if you guys could talk about two Whos that I've been hearing a lot about lately, specifically Journey Smollett and Jonathan Majors. Journey was a child actor. She's been in a ton of stuff. I think she should be of them. I hope she'll become of them. I think her brother might be a notorious them. And Jonathan Majors, I think, is a who on the rise. So if you guys could talk about them, I would appreciate it. Love you guys. Crunch, crunch. Lovecraft County is buzzy. It's a whole country. It's a whole it's country. A, did I say county? Country. County. <laughs> yeah. Lovecraft yes. County. I am watching it. I do find it extraordinarily confusing, though, like, I think it's beautiful, and I really think everyone in it is quite good, but I do find the show itself hard to watch, uh, but it doesn't matter because it's just, it's very buzzy. Like, it's just what yeah. people are talking about. It's like Westworldian in that, like, you're watching it, and you're like, this is pretty, I'm not sure if I think it's good, but I'm just going to keep watching it yeah. in case it gets better. Yeah. <laughs> right exactly. i'm gonna watch the whole season and the thing is i find myself wondering like should i just read the book because the book exists but i also kind of just want to be surprised so i'm not reading the book and i'm not 
even though I'm, I have no idea what's going on and I was really annoyed by the second episode becoming a completely different show, I don't want to spoil myself. I'm still like, well, I do want to see where this goes. You have faith in this show. I don't know. I haven't really read a ton of reviews about it, to be honest, so I'm not quite sure like if it goes a place where critics, because critics are usually given like a few more episodes than, mm-hmm. you know, they're given like either half the season or the full season. So like sometimes they don't even know where the show is going and like if it resolves itself or becomes something different that's better but yeah okay anyways yeah. the point is is not the show itself and its content the show is the point is the stars of the show which are journey smollett and jonathan majors and we talked about him michael k williams is also in the show and he's mm-hmm. very good in the show um, he's dad. He's which i didn't know that he goes he goes by michael kenneth williams a lot now like i've seen kenneth written out a few times anyway i've noticed okay. that since recording you yeah. um the smollett's the smollett's we love the smollett's i love the smollett's I fucking love the Smollett's. They're like they're like the um, what's the other J named group of? They're like the Duggars, but good. The Jonases, <laughs> but like they're like oh yeah, wow, they're way more Duggars. Yeah, the Duggars, but good. The Duggars, but talented. But talented, right? So not we that have... they're not. Yeah. No, the Duggars the are not talented. I wouldn't call the Duggars <laughs> talented. Maybe they're like talented at having children, but like yeah, sure. I was gonna say that's their talent. They're very good at having a children. Um. You have Jesse, Journey, Jockey, Jazz, Jojo, and Jake, and their father's name was Joel. So that's where that came from, in case you're wondering about the Smollett. And their mother's name was Janet. It's all J's. Oh, my God. And not all Smollett's are acting. It's mostly Jesse and Journey. Yes. Yeah. Jesse and Journey are the two most famous actors. Journey has been in stuff since she was a kid, so is Jesse. But Journey is most well-known, I would say as a child actor for her her stints on both Full House and Hang with Mr. Cooper as the same character. Denise is like an iconic Full House character. Like she her face will always like mean that to me personally. And then there I didn't know that she was on I knew she was on Mr. Cooper, but I didn't, I kind of forgot that she was also Denise. It was meant that they were in the same world. It was a crossover character. It's just like a lot of network shows where they have the same characters and they help sort of like promote the other by appearing on the other thing. Like there's an episode of that show Empty Nest was sort of a spinoff of Golden Girls and they existed in the same universe. And sometimes the doctor from Empty Nest would be on the Golden Girls and sometimes Sophia would be on an episode of Empty Nest. Network TV has done this forever. A lot of the Smollett's were child actors, though, because I remember the there's like a whole story. If you read one of the profiles about Journey that the mom did, Janet did say like, oh, you like you like these kids? I got plenty like here and they like all kind of got involved and also I forgot this but Jake is also a he's a food personality because they did that show on the food network remember Smollett Eats and they were like all on the show Smollett Eats yeah (laughs) it was it was yeah it was like all of them and they all got involved in the show but but so Jake is the other Smollett who's involved in showbiz that I forgot about. He was also in Hanging with Mr. Cooper. That was a that was one of his yes. like young childhood right. roles. But Journey. Right. So Journey, as all the kids sort of like went different ways and did their own thing, Journey stayed in the acting lane. And she's one of those actors who, former child actors, who for the past, I don't know, she's in her mid-30s, she's 33, for the past, I would say, over 10 years, 12 years of her life, anytime she'd be in a thing, it'd be like, Journey Smollett, growing up, Journey Smollett is an adult actor now. So every few years, she gets like some like comeback narrative. Whenever she was in the Tyler Perry movie, Temptation, which was terrible, by the way, and the worst Tyler Perry movie. Let's oh not my get God, into Temptation, so please. No, I don't Let's want to talk about get Temptation. Into it. And then after that, Underground came. And I think Underground gave her tons of hype. The show got canceled, but that show got a lot of buzz. And that was an extremely like adult role for her. 
And Underground was created by Misha Green, who also created Lovecraft Country. And so now they're working together. And Misha Green is extremely buzzy because she keeps making these shows that everyone likes. And she's working with Jordan Peele in Lovecraft Country. Okay, but this is all kind of boring. But can I just say the one thing that's interesting about this, sorry to say, is her, she recently did a profile for... And sorry to say that this is interesting, but it is uh, for Hollywood Reporter for this because she has to do press for this show. And so, of course, Jussie's stuff is going to come up. Because if you remember, the last oh, time yeah. we've heard about Jussie's entire thing is like it was kind of left as very confusing. And there are still pending charges against him by like the city of Chicago mm-hmm. and stuff that are like kind of you lied, blah, blah, blah. And like it's very unclear. Still to this day, no one knows what really happened. Like, he has come back to Instagram. He's, like, he's acting, he's, like, on stuff again, like, even though he got kicked off um, Empire, which eventually kind of ended itself anyway, so it wasn't, it was kind of irrelevant that he got kicked off of it. But the point mm-hmm. is, is that he's kind of, like, people have not for necessarily forgotten, but, like, kind of moved on because it's kind of dragged out for so long, you know? Yeah. But anyways, what's interesting is in this Hollywood Reporter profile about Jesse, they ask her about, I'm sorry, about this Hollywood Reporter profile about Journey, they ask her about Jesse, and she basically is just like, it's the most painful thing my family's ever been through. To watch somebody go through that has been devastating. I was in a very dark place for a number of reasons, which I think she was referring to. She got a divorce divorce this year. She was married for 10 years to this guy and got a divorce right before this show came out. And she said, um, and I've tried to not let it make me pessimistic, but everyone who knows me knows that I love my brother and I believe my brother. So like, she's not even really necessarily commenting on the case itself but she's just saying like I stand by him no matter what it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. but it just makes me reminds me that that case is still so mysterious and so like no one knows what the fuck happened Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and he fully got charged with something like disorderly conduct in relation to the fact like basically they were charging with lying to the cops but the charge is like disorderly conduct specifically and as recently as the summer June the courts are still trying to decide what to fucking do with this whole mess. They know something was up. They know mm-hmm. something was wrong. They know something was not clear about his story. But it's just like, the question is what? And also like, what? Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to know because there's just like no information. Mm-hmm. So she was asked about that. And also her divorce was from that singer, Josiah Bell. That's why she was Journey Smollett Bell for a long time. Now she's oh, just yeah, straight yeah, up. Yeah, I remember she's that. Journey Smollett again. That's who she is on Lovecraft Country. And she's back to Smollett. She's back to Smollett, which is great. Great name. Uh, a lot of equity in that name. We can move on to um, Jonathan Majors next, who is the, I guess he is the the star, the lead of that show, though she is, I guess, the co-lead. And he's had an even bigger year than Journey because he was in The Five Bloods. He was in uh, The Last, last Black Man last in, black San man Francisco, in San Francisco, which is, um, I was thinking about The Last Black Man in San Francisco because I was... Um, on the IMDb for it. And I was remembering like how beautiful that movie is. And it made me miss theaters. I was like, that's the sort of, it's just like very much the sort of movie that you want to see at a movie theater. That movie, if you haven't seen Last Black Man in San Francisco, I think it's on Amazon Prime. He's kind of the opposite of Journey, which is so funny. Mm-hmm. Like his career is like very, like he went to Yale drama school and he, he got his start like later in life. You know, like his mm-hmm. breakout was like this in last year, essentially. Or if you, you know, his, yeah. I guess When We Rise was kind of like when he, that was his, first big thing that abc docudrama remember that which has come up a couple times recently right 
I know, truly. So that was his new – he was older. And so, like, it's funny because, like, him and Journey are, like, the two leads, but they're essentially kind of, like, the opposite type of Hollywood person where he's, like, mm-hmm. I went to Yale Drama School. And she's, like, I was on Hanging with Mr. Cooper when I was five years old, you know, like a different <laughs> pedigree in a way. This is mm-hmm. interesting. The other thing that I wanted to mention about Journey was the part in – I don't know, when you talk about child stars, did you see it was Macaulay Culkin's 40th birthday yesterday? Yeah, did you see he tweeted, like, I'm old? He was like, old, he's like, like you want to feel old? I'm 40. I'm 40, <laughs> Which yeah. I thought was actually yeah. funny. <laughs> a good tweet. He's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. But when you think about child stars, like, so much of it is really dark. And there's a part in the Hollywood Reporter profile that you were quoting earlier that sort of gives a little insight into why the Smullets, I mean, leave Jesse out of this, but why the Smullets are sort of... I don't know, grounded. I don't want to say normal well because adjusted, if you're in Hollywood, you're not normal. Well, well adjusted. adjusted yeah. Well adjusted. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it was a part where they she was talking about her mother. So as a child actor in the 90s, in the early 90s, who was on Full House, who was on Hang Up, Mr. Cooper, who was in Eve's Bayou, like a working actor, she was getting offers from Disney Channel, Journey was. And her mom, there's this line, let me quote it. She says, um, the work that followed... Uh, followed Full House and those things was patchy, aided in no small part by Smollett's mother, who'd regularly turned down offers on her behalf, often for the simple reason that they didn't satisfy her taste. Among them, Journey's own Disney Channel show, a prospect that Janet Smollett wouldn't so much as entertain. Quote, my mom would be on the phone with my agent, yelling at her like, I could go sell pussy on the corner if I wanted to make money, okay? I don't need to make money. My daughter is not doing it. But that was my mom's mentality. I will not pimp out my children, and I'm grateful for that. So it's like, thank God my mom didn't just throw me on the Disney Channel because who knows where I would be right now. The suggestion of, like, darkness, but mainly just the suggestion that, like, it it wouldn't have been her life. It wouldn't have been her control. And now she gets to control everything. I mean, it does kind of, though, make me think if, like, if Journey was, like, Alexis, Texas, like, what would have happened? Like, there definitely is, like, another Journey. Like, the Journey the journey that Journey could have taken could have been, like, a very different path. I, mean, I am curious, you yeah. know, if she was, like, an Alexis, Texas. She would have been successful. Like, she was a cute kid who could act, who always stole the show whenever she was on Full House. Right. It is surprising that Denise from Full House didn't get her own spinoff moment, in a way, like, for many reasons. Because, like, they would, because, you know, the Olsen twins had a very successful child career. Mm-hmm. Who knows what they're like as adults since we don't hear or see them ever, but like, <laughs> like we don't know their personalities anymore. But like, but I just, it is funny. It is like interesting to me that Denise, I'm calling her Denise cause that's in my mind what she, who she is, but like that Denise didn't get those opportunities, but apparently she did. She just like, her mother was like, we're not going that route. We're just like yeah. not doing that thing. Yeah. This and this and Jojo, like what could have been, had these journey and jojo journey there is and jojo. a jojo smollett but a different jo- okay so add that add jojo smollett to the list of jojos yeah next call buddy dessert please comment bye excuse me caller that's not how it's pronounced if you read the people magazine story about nikki and brie bella revealing the special meanings behind each of their son's names you would know that buddy's middle name is pronounced desert desert i I just but it's spelled dessert it's spelled dessert and she said for his middle name i really wanted to incorporate my family she adds this is brie by the way this is brie not nikki birdie's middle name is joe after my grandfather who just meant the world to me so i wanted buddy to have something of my grandmother her last name her maiden name is dessert when you look at it people are going to say dessert because it's french but it's pronounced desert so it's actually like there's a family thing. It's her grandmother's maiden name. 
but it's okay, also but it's dessert. It's dessert. <laughs> I mean, obviously, this is not, you know, the middle name kind of falls away in your life. So he's going to be mostly known as Buddy, which I have issues with, but we won't get into it, like, as a person's name. That's just wild. But, like, uh, I like Bud, but I don't love Buddy. I think Buddy's, like, uh, whatever. Maybe he'll go by Bud or whatever. So the point is, is that if you name him Buddy <laughs> Dessert, people are going to say Buddy Dessert, even if you're, like, it's desert. Like, I just, like, don't, <laughs> like, I just don't. It's desert. Well, it's spelled dessert. Okay. Well, you know, how am I supposed to know that? You know, like I'm not, how am I going to know that? Not to be all baby name critic up here. I'm looking at this people cover and it's crazy. It's there's crazy. something going on here with CGI. That is, there's this broken CGI. These babies don't deserve the CGI that's been doing, being done to them. They're literally newborns. Get the CGI out of their faces. They both look like Dane DeHaan, the actor Dane DeHaan. No, get out of here. Do you know what they look like? You know, at the Mm -hmm. back of People magazine sometimes, but mostly at like the back of like Lifestyle Okay and like Closer, they have those like Lifestyle dolls, those like those fake babies. Uh It's like, oh, get your own fake baby. And it's like very disturbing because they're just dolls that look very lifelike. That's what these look like. They look like they're dolls. It's because they've been they've been photoshopped to death. To death, including Brie and Bella, too. They also got the same treatment. It's nice. Or not Brie and Bella. Nikki and Brie. What Nikki are their and names? Their last Nikki names, and Brie. Uh, even though they're styled the same here and they're wearing the same clothes because it's like, we're twins. We're the same. This is our shtick, even though we're adults. They look different, I think, for the first time in a long time. Usually they literally look identical. One looks more like Leah Michelle, and one looks more like... Um, Casey Musgraves? Ricky Lake or oh, Ricky Casey Lake, Musgraves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They u- Am I right? Like they usually are photographed and I think specifically styled and then photoshopped. Well, their Eileen look- Fisher mom vibe is a little bit making them a little look a little different. Or maybe I've just seen their faces now enough times where mm-hmm. I'm able to like kind of tell the difference between them. The other thing about this is like babies aside, like the gift of life. We love it. We stand. Mm-hmm. It's great that they had kids. It is still so crazy to me and so controlling and almost manipulative that these two planned their people cover and the reveal of their kids like the same cover we're gonna have them born on the same day if possible like all this stuff like the fact that they like planned all of this out to me is so fucking funny and conniving like yeah like conniving in the funniest best way like just just straight up celebrity conniving press conniving and I don't think they would ever admit or claim to have planned this. I think they have actually claimed otherwise. But you look at this cover and see 11 months of planning. You know, like it looks like I know. this is exactly the outcome they wanted. And there's a little I arrow know. pointing at Mateo, born July 31st, and an arrow pointing at Buddy, born August 1st, people exclusive, double baby joy. Like I know. It's just so funny. These two have like, they made their careers wrestlers because they were twins. They got their own reality show as twins and like their relationship. I just feel like that this twin thing has been like... They've used this twin thing so well to like mm-hmm. further their careers in Hollywood that it's like th- to this being the inevitable end point of it. Not necessarily end point. I'm sure they'll figure out new ways. But like this being the the, the latest stop in, in that twin train to me is mm-hmm. so fucking funny. It's so funny. Also, they are both boys. But down to their Instagram announcements, both being the photo of the baby hand grabbing the, the, the finger. And yeah, then it did says, you notice Leah Michelle did it too? Leah Michelle did it, and so did Katy Perry. And so did Katy Perry, yeah. It's the baby hand grabbing the finger, which is a thing that they do. Like they're grabbing it, the thing they do. But it's a boy. That babies and, do. <laughs> and they both use and they both use blue hearts. Like the whole thing is just identical. 
like when are their paths going to diverge like what's that going to do to their do they exist outside of this unit i don't think so it's just like such a funny maybe it's all they know maybe it's just like oh we're twins like this is just like what we do Mm -hmm. you know but it is just like so funny that their careers have leaned on each other literally they're leaning against each other on this cover (laughs) a people exclusive they're literally back to back like the twins on the cover of the twins movie starring Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger they're twinning they're just in like the their adulthood stage like I feel like twins it's like a lot of things things that are really cute when you're a baby and really cute when you're elderly and like Oh, look at those old sisters who wear the same clothes and they're 89. But it's like, look at those eight-year-olds and they wear the same clothes and that's cute. But when you're 40, it's strange. Like there's a, you know, a 70-year period when it's strange. But at the beginning, at the end of your life, it's like kind of cute. And they just have to sort of muddle through this. I do think that the thing about twins is that like twins will always be fascinating to non-twins. Like as mm-hmm. like until the end of time, like we people as not twins will always find twins fascinating and I think you can either play to that or be like very much against that but Mm -hmm. like some twins are like yes we are incredible we are special and we're going to like use that and like these two are the epitome of like the Hollywood twin thing like where we love twins (laughs) we love twins we love twins we love twins we do no we do when you find out that celebrity has a twin you're like oh what like you're obsessed with it like Ashton Kutcher or like who else has a twin? Oh, Scarlett Johansson has a twin. Who else has a twin? Rami and Sammy Malik. <laughs> oh, Don't yeah. forget. Oh my god, I, I love Sammy Malik. <laughs> I love the other Malik brother. Okay. Let's move on. Hi, this is Sarah. Long time, long time. I just saw online where Bella Thorne has broken the record at OnlyFans. For earning one million dollars in less than 24 hours and i just feel like Lindsay and bobby need to know that information anyway hope you guys are having a good day scarjo yummy pop another entry in the good form bella thorne log mm-hmm. good form bella thorne she made a million dollars in 24 hours on OnlyFans, which yeah. is something OnlyFans is like thanks for the promo <laughs> They love this. You know? They're telling everyone this news. They like OnlyFans is out here confirming this left and right. They love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Because it's like, of look course. at the potential of this platform, even though she's like 0.00001% of earners. But, you know, it's cool. She's not the first celebrity to be out here doing OnlyFans. Mm-mm. There's a lot of different OnlyFans clones, too, that are like people are doing for whatever reasons they want to use them because it's not just it used to be just for like sexy reasons but like now people are kind of broadening out and doing lots of different things i mean Mm -hmm. you can be a fan of anyone for many different reasons bella thorne is not doing nudity on OnlyFans, as she pointed out apparently people who (laughs) have signed up for the service say that it's mostly bikini photos which like you know she's good at that too she says she wants to start posting like cooking videos as well and like a screenwriting Uh, videos doing a whole she's doing a whole screenwriting videos but the point the reason she's doing this she did an interview with the la times over text which is really funny and um the most gorgeous millennial moment she's working with the director sean baker who made Tangerine, he made The Florida Project, he made that movie Starlet with the Hemingway, the other Hemingway. Incredible movies. He makes movies about like women who exist in like 
underrepresented parts of society and the economy. So it's like in Tangerine, you know, they were sex workers. It was like trans sex workers. And in- it was shot on an iPhone, remember? Like it was, that was kind of the big thing about Tangerine was it was shot only on an iPhone, which was like before Apple was doing that shot on an iPhone thing, this was actually shot on an iPhone the entire movie. And it's an incredible it's a really fucking good movie. In Florida Project, it was like a woman who's basically was like a criminal selling. Like she was poor. She had a she was a single mom. She was a criminal selling like Disney World bands. And then like the guy who's a working class guy running a shitty motel slash like extended stay. Like that movie it's, is so good. Starlet. Beautiful. It's also about porn stars. And so it's not surprising that she's working with this director, Sean Baker, and researching a movie which ultimately will be about an OnlyFans type service. She's like, we're doing this is research. Well, it's unclear whether it's a docu-series, whether they're making a documentary about her yeah. OnlyFans experience or an actual movie about a girl mm-hmm. with an OnlyFans. It seems like pushing towards the second. Yeah, she's which, calling like, it research. Maybe Bella Thorne's next journey will be what breaks her into like more of an indie scene vibe or something. Like yeah. she's out here doing God knows what. Didn't she just direct a porno for for like yeah. Pornhub? Remember that? Yeah, she did. Bella Thorne, good form Bella Thorne to the extreme. She's good just form. out here. I read some article that was like, how Bella Thorne is different than Zendaya. Because like they both run that Disney show together. I'm like, how? Count the ways. Like every <laughs> single way. It's like their careers are so divergent. Zendaya's going to win like six Oscars. And then they're going to be like, here's the difference between these two women. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I know. It's true. And it's like these two women have not been friends or worked together in maybe 15 years at this point. Um, the presumably millions of dollars a month that she's going to make on this thing, as long as she keeps making good content, is going to go to work this movie the bulk of it at least the other really funny thing is that on her OnlyFans, she links to her amazon wish list and the first time i saw this link i was like this cannot be real but it's but it's linked from her own platform so it has to be legit and it says this is bella thorne's amazon wish list and can i just read you the things some of the things on this oh i'd love to know the things yeah okay desi cakes fake cake six inches blue birthday cake faux cake fake food display baby shower so she has one two three four five six fake cakes okay six fake cakes i've never even considered buying like fake cakes exist there's a market for fake cakes okay what is she doing with these fake cakes they're like for prop styling is she gonna like do something with them i'm just so curious i have no idea she's a creative she also has uh, it's 10 hair care miracle leave-in product, which I use. I love it. It's like gum conditioner spray. That's great mm-hmm. that she's asking for that from her fans. Mm-hmm. She also wants a um, she wants a golf set. She wants golf clubs and a ca- oh, okay. a putter. I'm so confused. She wants a putter. And then the most con- most confusing one is the last one. Is she she has on here wooden sushi serving tray, boat board plate for restaurant or home. She has a sushi boat but it says the other funny thing is it says needs eight has two so she needs eight sushi boats eight sushi boats this list involves golfing sushi platters hair care and fake cakes like it is honestly (laughs) a mystery it's like the fucking da vinci code that wish list it is so confusing also why do you have a wish list if you're making a million dollars a day on or a million dollars a month on like you just made a million dollars, you can afford this sushi boat. It's twenty four nineteen. I know we, you only need six more. You only need eight more sushi boats. You can buy yourself the rest. Like you've made a million dollars on Jesus. OnlyFans. Maybe she wants to do something with the sushi boats on OnlyFans, like eat sushi on OnlyFans. I don't know. I don't know. 
Okay, we're going to do these three quick fire questions about them potential. Let's start with this. Does Samara Weaving ha even have them potential? Crunch, crunch. Samara Weaving, star of Ready or Not. Um, yeah. Relative of Hugo Weaving, but not daughter of Hugo Weaving. <laughs> I would say I would yeah. say yeah, but I also feel like she definitely gets lumped into like the Margot Robbie, all these women <laughs> look tweet. like the same category <laughs> like who are these women are these different women <laughs> it's our job to know the difference between those six women in that viral tweet where it's like why do all these it's women true. look the I same and i, I was like that's jamie name... king and i cried <laughs> i could name five of the six but two of them i was like i literally cannot tell that i do not know which one of who these were is they? Margot did Robbie. you look up who they were jamie king margot robbie faith ford which is a dated photo and actually shouldn't be there samara weaving emma mackey and jamie presley yeah it's all these like blonde women with like kind of sharp features some are australian because samara and or samara who cares samara and um Margot are both australian right margot robbie is australian yes. margot robbie and is australian yes so not only do they get mistaken for each other but they're both australian which i'm sure doesn't help in america because we you know lump all australians together of course and that I think would be her only issue. The thing that I think the caller is referring to is she's in the new Bill and Ted mm -hmm. alongside the other the other newcomer. So mm -hmm. they're like, oh, is this going to be this could be like a big thing if it's a big enough movie? Sure. But otherwise, like she's not the star of it. So like I'm curious or maybe more maybe those roles are bigger than we expect. But like that's the question is like whether that could break her. It's out today as you're listening to this. Interesting. Cool. Oh, it is. Yeah, it comes out, out where VOD. <laughs> OK. Beauty. Oh, okay. They decided to just like, fuck it. Let's release Bill and Ted. Face the music. Cool. So like TBD on that. Let's go to the next one. We have a, we have a triptych of, of potentials. What are your thoughts about Tessa Thompson? Will she be a them ever? She's so pretty. But I don't know. What is she doing? She's so pretty. I think she is a them. I think she is a them. She was like the lead in Westworld this year too. Yeah. Like she, she wasn't as much good as like in Westworld. Clown on Westworld. Okay, but was She's anyone good in, good in Westworld? Else. Right. Fine, good. Okay. Like no one was able to be good in that movie. And I think the Marvel stuff, she's in the next Thor as well, again. And the flop of Men in Black, Men in Black International flop will not stop her, though that no. was the hugest fucking flop. Yeah, it was. She's though. a them. I think she's a them. I'm okay with calling her a them, I think. Me too. Next one. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. I just finished watching the new Peacock adaptation of Brave New World, starring Alden Ehrenreich. And he's still very much a who, right? I'm wondering what do y'all think it would take for him to become a them at this point? Because I feel like he's had some pretty big chances and he's still a who? Do you think he'll ever become a them? Alden Ehrenreich, who or them? Likelihood of becoming a them? Me endorse French French. He's definitely a who now. I think it's shocking that Brave New World is being watched because I haven't heard anyone talk about it. Like, but you think anyone. he's a them? No, I think he's a who. Okay, I was gonna say, like, he's like such a who. He's the biggest who. 
And he's like literally at the top of every like upcoming actor list for Here a, he comes. Few, a while. And it's like, he's not, where is he? I don't see him. You know, like it's fucking waiting for Godot out here. Like he's not coming. The, the, <laughs> like, where is he? The poorly received. Oh, no, but Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay. He's in the poorly received Peacock original adaptation of Brave New World starring as John the <laughs> Savage. What do you mean he's not going anywhere? What do you mean, the poorly Lindsay? received adaptation? But he's getting these huge roles. Like he's like young um, Indiana, young Harrison Ford. He's uh, in Brave New World. Like he really is like getting these moments, but it's like not clicking, I guess. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I mean, and even though Solo was perfectly fine. Perfectly. Perfectly. Solo could not overcome its flop narrative and the fact that it was an embarrassment and sort of put a stop to the the Disneyification or the like high speed Disneyification of Star Wars. They're like, actually, we're not going to do this anymore. We were going to release a Star Wars movie every year, but you know what? Let's not. That's because of Solo. They, he was cast because he could like look like and sound like Harrison Ford, which I think is sounds cool in, in a way, but it's also sort of a red flag. Like whenever you're being cast because you have another person's energy is like kind of wrong like you're not bringing anything new to the table well it's like you're not supposed to be an impersonator yeah Yeah. like it's kind of like that's not a good way to start a career it's like oh he does an amazing impersonation of harrison ford it's like oh okay like oh oh (laughs) okay he was in hail caesar which is a really good movie and he was really funny in it but that was an ensemble movie and then he was in that warren Beatty flop worlds don't apply with lily collins i believe lily collins (laughs) we love lily collins like it's it's just it's just it's it's just it's tough like i just don't know who is out here standing alden Ehrenreich like I'm not is there like an Ehrenreich updates at Ehrenreich updates you know like there isn't I just don't think there is I mean prove me wrong if there is I would love to follow it if there is because then I would know more I have no problem with Alden Ehrenreich I think he will keep acting but I do not think he will be a them sort of like we can do better you know yeah and it's maybe this is unfair but it's also sort of like if anyone who is of his uh, ilk as in like young 20s handsome white guys uh, it, it's going to be like a, like Paul Mezcal is going to get the roles that maybe Alden Ehrenreich was gunning for a year ago. You know what I mean? Like, there's already a new batch of up-and-coming men. You're saying, like, he missed his spot. Like, it's kind of, like, passing him by a little bit. I think he missed his spot. He's good. He's handsome. He's talented. But it, I don't think he'll be a them. <laughs> Whatever. He's so talented. He's so, He's so handsome. Okay, here comes a call. Hi, Weekly. Um... Long time, first time, I believe. Um, I'm just calling to let you guys know that the 2010-era cover band, Carmen, which uh, memorably played SNL in, like, 2012 or something, has actually rebranded under <laughs> under the stage name Queen Herbie, but spelled with a V. Um, so I'm, I'm, I don't know, it might be actually pronounced Kaveen <laughs> um, Herbie. And... Um, Kaveen Herbie, formerly known as uh, as Carmen, um, actually made the news last week because they <laughs> they covered WAP. Um, so I just wanted you guys to know that <laughs> Kaveen Herbie covered WAP. <laughs> There's nothing more cursed. <laughs> Lindsay, did you hear that Kaveen Herbie covered WAP? Did you hear? Bobby, did you hear that? Did you hear that Kaveen Herbie covered WAP last week? Did you hear Kaveen Herbie covered WAP? Did you hear that Kaveen Herbie covered WAP? Of all things to cover, Kaveen Herbie covered WAP. If you remember Carmen, 
How could I fucking forget let's, Carmen? Let's just play a really quick Carmen, uh, a Carmen song. Play their single because that was they. There were they did covers famously, but they weren't a cover band. They did have singles like Broken Hearted was like a big hit for them. See, I've been waiting So like this husband and wife couple in the era of like Pomplemousse and like when we thought this was cute and cool and we were like into acapella and we thought like this was a thing that was okay to do like they got famous off of like these rap covers that they did on YouTube as a husband and wife duo and then they started Carmen the band and they had a few hits under like with real songs but they continued to do covers. Epic. Yeah. They had a major label because of this. they were on Saturday Night Live and then Carmen went away. <laughs> <laughs> They rebranded. Carmen was like Carmen was like clowned while Carmen was famous too. I will say, like Carmen was funny at the time when people really liked Carmen. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like it wasn't like this thing where it was like in hindsight where like Carmen was whack. It was like at the time that Carmen was famous, we were like, "There's something wrong here." Like Carmen is <laughs> this is weird. Carmen was instantly polarizing. There's this clip of them doing a cover of Pumped Up Kicks on t- that like went viral on Tumblr for being just like so bad. Do you remember? I'm gonna I'm gonna play the I'm gonna play it here. It is. You have to turn this off. Okay, so Carmen, (laughs) although many of us found Carmen extremely funny, Carmen developed a very rabid fan base. They dumped their label. They she decides, you know, Amy Amy decides, you know what? Like I I want to I want to do my own thing. Amy Noonan and Nick Noonan. They also fun fact they met at Berkeley College in Boston. They like met at music school. The music one. The Tuies. They started Carmen. The Tuies. She's from she's from Omaha, somewhere in Middle America, and the (laughs) so she decides to rebrand and she's Kaveen Herbie Q V E E N Herbie now and what she's doing is mostly hip hop. And it's a completely different vibe. She rebranded as Kaveen Herbie and like mostly people didn't notice. Like her fan base obviously was like Kaveen, like we love. And I think it's, I know we're saying Kaveen because it's, cause just it's Q-V-E-E-M, Queen. but it's just Queen. But everybody was like Kaveen Herbie and that's her fan base and she had them, but like no one else kind of knew. And then somebody started, I think there was like a few tweets that were like, did we all know that like Kaveen Herbie is Carmen? Like Carmen rebranded and everybody was like, what the fuck? Because it was a song that was like called like Day in the 90s and she had kind of like braids and everybody was like what's going on here with mm-hmm. Kaveen Herbie you know and then yes. that also kind of faded away you know mm-hmm. that after that one kind of brief like a yay yay moment well there was a brief like what is this a weird appropriation thing happening now but like I think yes. people just didn't care enough about Kaveen Herbie to like really have that conversation they were like you know what? we right. can have this conversation elsewhere let's take this conversation to another place like we don't need to waste right. it here or like we can't do that like this is just too strange like there are plenty not. other people appropriating that we can focus on that aren't Kaveen Herbie like we just don't need to focus on that yeah yes but she just released this WAP cover and got the seal of approval from Cardi B herself who said so good in, re- in response to Kaveen Herbie's cover of WAP and Lindsay you found this interview with Omaha.com that has happened in the middle of quarantine so it's like a new interview it's pre-WAP but you know earlier this summer and 
we're laughing at Kaveen Herbie, but there is, when she talks about it. The name it, is just so funny. The name is so funny. The name is so bad. The aesthetic is so bad. It makes me uncomfortable what she's doing with the styling and, I don't know, and her makeup and her hair. Like, there, there are things that are wrong with this. It's very much, again, the trend top. It's very much like a top that is mesh and crop and neon and, you know, whatever and inauthentic and feels very much like, where did you buy this? And it's going to disintegrate upon second wear, yes. you know? But the way that she talks about Kaveen Herbie, you sort of, you're like, okay, I get it. Like, I I, I find some of the imagery a little annoying, and I, I would say skirting the line of, of something that's appropriate and problematic. But basically, they got famous really, really quickly, and they were Carmen at the time, and they had to continue being Carmen. And she's like, we were forced into sticking with this aesthetic that, like, hadn't really been formed just because it's what everyone fell in love with, and it really wasn't us. And so then they leave the label. She starts, she's like, I wanted to, you know, actually be, like, do my own thing as an artist, and I wanted to make it easy for fans to differentiate between me and becoming a queen. That's her quote. And Nick still produces the music, but she's the only one that's for like camera facing. And she says, all my music is about empowerment now, hence queen, living your truth, even if it means transformation. We have to demand these things for ourselves, even though things are crazy right now. I'm so grateful I can do this. And she talks about like how streaming makes it hard to make money off of music and streaming makes it hard to like think about albums like it's just very expensive and so she's like i change my look and style and aesthetic every few months so that i can keep people coming back to my spotify profile and playing new things and like it makes a little sense it makes a little sense but the part that stopped making sense in this interview when I was like willing to throw her a bone was someone says, the interviewer says, okay, so Kaveen Herbie, is that a reference to Herbie Husker? And she says, <laughs> How would yes. the person know? Oh, because they're from Omaha. Because they're from Got Omaha. Got it. Because they're both from Omaha. Yes. And right. she says, I'm hell like, yes. A normal person would not be like Herbie Husker, the the mascot for the, the Nebraska. The Nebraska. Da, 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 da. You're like, who yeah. would know that? And so she's like, hell yes, it is. Like, it is it is a reference to Herbie Husker. I changed the spelling. I went to school in Boston. Everyone used to call me queen. I guess because I'm really bossy. And then I looked up this fucking, like, imagine this woman. Where she, like, her namesake is the polar opposite of this woman. Her namesake is an overalls wearing big old blonde man with a big old red cowboy hat snatching a football with the corn cob in his back pocket. And his name is Herbie Husker. That's what Herbie refers to. That is what Herbie is referring to. Kaveen Herbie is literally Kaveen, this guy, this mascot with overalls and corn. He is straight out of the hee-haw cornfield. And I was over here thinking she was talking about marijuana, but no, she's talking about corn. Yeah. And then she's Queen Corn. She's Kaveen Corny. This this got me thinking about her whole thing about like how as an artist I have to evolve to keep my fans excited and to keep myself profitable, blah, 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 blah. And I have to change, I have to change, I have to change. And then I realized when I was looking up Herbie Husker that when he changed, people got furious and it says herbie husker is the oldest current mascot of the university of nebraska lincoln sports teams herbie was created by lubbock artist dirk west blah blah first appeared in 1974 so he was this like overalls wearing down home good old boy cornfield worker from 1974 to 2003 and then in 2003 he looks like he would bully me i don't like him he looks like he would beat me up both of these herbies would fucking give me a swirly and the red hat is not helping so Herbie. So they would shove your head into a toilet, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. In 2003, they changed him to wear from overalls to blue jeans and a red like polo shirt, and everyone got furious with him. Oh, so you're trying to co- so you're saying uh, while Herbie Husker made the change that no one liked, Kaveen Herbie made a change. Made a change. 
So she really, that people liked, I mean, I don't know, do people like this? Is that what well, you're saying? What I'm really saying is that Kaveen Herbie's entire thing is about like metamorphosis and change. And as an artist, you change. That's why I'm calling myself Kaveen Herbie. But Herbie Husker's whole thing is like tradition, tradition, tradition. If you fuck with tradition, like people will be furious. And I just found that a little interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, wow. here's a snippet of of Kaveen Herbie singing WAP, which did you hear? Kaveen Herbie is singing WAP. I heard that Kaveen Herbie covered WAP. Here it is. Listen, we, we saved the best for last. Here it is. There's some hoes in the south. There's some hoes in the south. There's some hoes in the south. There's some hoes. I said certified freak. Uh-huh. Seven days a week. Uh-huh. Wet ass puss. Make that pull up game weak. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you fucking with some wet ass pussy. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass pussy. That's what Perfume Genius was singing about when he said, Don't you know your queen? <laughs> Don't you know your queen? <laughs> Let's play a game of who them because I, I gotta get the wet ass pussy cover out of my mouth. Did you hear she covered WAP? <laughs> out of <Kaveen>. my mouth. <laughs> I gotta get the wet ass pussy out of my mouth. I didn't mean to say that, but okay. It was funny. Looking for an apartment sucks wherever you live. People in New York will say, oh, it's so hard to find an apartment here. It's hard to find an apartment anywhere. It stinks. You have your mandatories. You have the things that you won't compromise on. You have the things that you don't care about. Like, let's say, oh, I need a dishwasher. I need a dishwasher. I can't live without a dishwasher. I don't care if I don't have a washer and dryer. Some people feel the exact opposite. Some people don't need any amenities. Some people need an elevator. Some people don't. That's so beautiful. We all need different things. And that's why Apartments.com has an app where you can literally use it to tell it what you need and what you don't need. And it tells you, oh, apartments. Here's some. So instead of looking through every single rental listing you possibly can in the neighborhoods you want, you set and forget, like in that old rotisserie grill ad, you set and forget what you want And Apartments.com will let you know when an apartment that matches what you want appears on the market. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking are listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com's instant alerts mean you can spend less time online looking for the perfect place and more time doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Mike Judge. Who are them? Mike Judge, creator of King of the Hill and Beavis and Butthead. One, two, three, them? Them? Like animation them. That's the category. <laughs> animation them. Yeah, I think he's a them. Yeah. Like animation them. As animation I said. them. And also, he's But the maybe a them in general. Office space. No, I think he's a them. I think the, the Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill thing. Mike Judge. He's definitely a Texas them, I will say. He's definitely a Texas mm, them. A Texas them. Okay, next call. All right, Rico Nasty. Who are them? Crunch, crunch. Rico Nasty. Who are them? One, two, three. Who? 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 <laughs> I think definitely Rico Nasty is definitely a who. Could be a them, not a them yet. But like upcoming them. She's a female rapper. Yes. I'm trying to think of a big hit, but now I can't think of one. What's a big hit? Is it just Smack a bitch? Is it just Smack a bitch? Probably. It might be. I think that's the biggest hit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Rico Nasty Who could be a them. More chance of becoming a them than Alden Ehrenreich. I'll tell you that much. Uh, wow. Ne- Slammed. Okay. Next call. Okay. Mark Evan Jackson. Who are them? Crunch, crunch. I have no idea who this is. He's the guy who plays like 
he was the sweetie dad on Babysitter's Club, and he was also like the rude bad place guy oh. in the bad place in the good place. Oh, he's good as the he's good as the sweetie dad on Babysitter's yeah. Club. Yeah. Okay. One, two, three. Who I had who? to just I had the to Google most him too. Yeah. He's a who. He's in everything these days, yeah. but he's a who. Get out of town. Them. Yeah. No, he has three names. Get out of here. Next call. about <laughs> me. The who's and them's of movies that played during school. Um, I am a younger millennial, I believe. Not 100% sure on that. But my teachers loved the National Treasure movies. Like, every single time we had to sing in the afternoon, it would be National Treasure. So, who's and them's of those movies? Bye. Were there were there movies that you watched multiple times in like school? Like Schindler's List, I think we watched once in school. Bleak. That's bleak. What are movies that people watch in school? What did you want me to answer from this? I don't know. We <laughs> I don't watched, really understand. We watched. I watched in in school. There were movies that I watched multiple times. One of them was Outbreak. In two health classes, did I watch Outbreak? I'm not even sure in what situations. And the teacher like fast forwarded through some like particularly gruesome stuff because it is an R-rated movie. But it's like we watched Outbreak at least twice. We watched Hamlet, the long Kenneth Branagh Hamlet. And another movie I watched twice in high school, Chocolat in two French classes. That truly is shocking because Chocolat doesn't even really have French in it. I mean, it's about France, but it's not like it's not in French. Why would you watch it? It's English speaking French people. And sometimes it'd be like the like the most French it gets is where they're like Monsieur le Comte or like the fact that it's actually called Chocolat. But like <laughs> nothing else is French. Like I'm trying to think of movies that they watched in school, like maybe Les Mis they played for us once, like like movies that were like not problematic and like had a historical had historical relevance. Like mm-hmm. Schindler's List does make sense. It was just like very long. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What are other movies that teachers show in high school? I don't know. Do teachers even show movies in high school anymore? In our high school experiences or middle school experiences, I know that we watched those movies. And we also watched, I watched Contact, I know, twice in like in high school and middle school. Contact twice? was shown to us. Oh, yeah. It was I like would shown leave. once in middle school. I would get up and, and leave. Then... I would be like, I already fucking watched this in school. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> get up ridi- and leave. Oh, I think we also watched like Romeo and Juliet the Baz Luhrmann one for some English class. I would show that for English class. The Romeo and Juliet that we had to watch was the uh, the old, the Franco Zeffirelli version, the like old one. And there's like naked, there's like naked people in it. Cause like after they fuck for the first time, they're naked. And like the teacher had to like throw a piece of poster board over the TV. She's like, she was waiting next. Oh to yeah. The TV. Because they're naked. And aren't they teenagers they're too? Teenagers. They're like young. And oh, so there's God. a scene whenever they were about to be naked, she was just like standing next to the, Mrs. Hoag was her name. She was standing next to the TV and like waiting. And then she was holding this poster board and then like covered the screen for a few seconds and then like no. took it off and then took it off. And then no. we like continued watching Romeo and Juliet. And then we watched What's- West Side Story afterwards. We had to What's read funny is that there's this, I found study.com, five literature related movies teachers can show in class. Are you a high school teacher looking for an educational movie to show in your classroom? Well, you're in luck. This blog has great options. Let's face it. High school teachers don't have it easy. Between lesson planning, grading, instructing, and disciplining, your plate is probably pretty full. Sometimes you just need a break from the constant grind. What better way to give yourself some well-deserved breathing room while still providing educational value to your students than to show a movie? <laughs> 
I just love the idea that it's like we thought they were so old. We thought they were like true adults, like guiding us. And it's like someone who's now our age being like, I'm exhausted. I got to show them a movie. I'm going to smoke. Like, I can't be here. <laughs> oh, you know what movie that my shop teacher showed us in eighth grade? Um, yes, what? my shop teacher who was missing a finger, like the most classic shop teacher. You can't be a shop teacher unless you're missing a finger. Are you kidding? You have to miss a finger. And his thing that was at, like he would he talked about. It, he was like, I show this to my students every year. I find it so important. And it was um, Stand and Deliver, the teach the teacher movie, the school teacher movie with Edward James Olmos oh, and Lou yeah. Diamond Phillips. Of course. He was like, this kind is such like an Dead important Poet movie. Kind of like Dead Poets Society adjacent film. Yes. Yeah. And we had to watch Stand and Deliver. And then we like went back to Woodshop and I made a cutting board. If you were a teacher, what would you, what movie, it doesn't matter what subject. October If you were Sky. a teacher and you were like, I, you're like, I need to make my kids watch this movie to understand what movie would you watch? October, October Sky. Sky? But this is not a high school movie. It's like a middle, like if I were a middle school. I would show them the newer version of Great Gatsby, like the Leo, the shitty Leo floppy version. I'd make them watch that. And then I'd be like, let's talk about this. And then I'd, <laughs> just because I'd be so let's curious what talk they would about think, this. you know? Let's talk yeah. about this. But like, what do you think about the Lana Del Rey song? What do you think about it? Young and Beautiful, does it resonate with you? But yeah, I think if I were in high school, what would I be like? I just, I just show them in her shoes. Oh my God, can you imagine making the whole class watch in her shoes? <laughs> Mr. Finger, why are you showing us this? And I'm just in the back eating popcorn because it's excellent. You're like, it's good. <laughs> because it's Like usually excellent. the teacher leaves, but you're just staying. You're like, I just want to watch this today. So, and you're all here. That's <laughs> why we're not teachers. Hi, Who Weekly. Can you please rank from Who to Them? Jason Siegel, Steven Seagal, Peter Sagal, and Seagulls. Uh, I really also feel like Seal should be in that listing, um, but you can opt out if you disagree. Crunch, crunch. I hate this so much, <laughs> but I also love it. This is the kind of so it's we crave. Peter Sagal, Jason Siegel, Steven Seagal, Seal, and Seagulls. I think the last person on this list is... Peter Sagal, no Sagel. offense. Peter Sagal, he's wait, wait, don't tell me, right? Am I getting the right guy? Yes, and okay. he wrote Dirty Dancing. Okay. The movie. Peter Sagal, number one. Who? to say that. Dirty Dancing 2, Havana Nights, he wrote one of my favorite films. <laughs> oh, I would show that. Oh, I would show that has historical <laughs> relevance and it's romantic. When you're a lesson plan about Cuba. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this is perfect. It begins in 1958. Like a young girl <laughs> a young visits girl. the island. <laughs> a young girl and her family. Diego Luna's there. And he's very sexy. And <laughs> everything I know I learned from Dirty Dancing to Havana Nights. Okay, wait, we're not we're not talking about that anymore. Then I think I think it goes lowest is Peter Sagal. Then the yes. second lowest I think Steven would be Seagal. Steven Seagal. Yeah. And then I think um Seal. This is so this is where I think I think it's obviously Peter Sagal, then Steven Seagal. Seal and Jason Siegel are close. They're close. They're neck and neck, I would say. Seal was Are we talking, so we're iconic. talking about Seal the Singer, not Seals. Yeah, we're talking about Seal the Singer. Heidi Klum's okay, ex. Good. Kiss from a Rose. Okay. Crazy. Kiss from a Rose. Okay, I think S- Seal and Steven Seagal, Seagal are neck and neck in a way, just because S- Jason Seagal, sorry, not G- Steven Seagal, Jason Seagal has been kind of like absent for a little bit. He, d- he did just do a TV show or whatever, but mm. like our kids, kids are watching uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, I think. I think he actually is bigger than Seal. I think it's Seal, then Jason Siegel, but a, a, a very, it's close. But number one is obviously Seagulls. Yeah, no, um, number one is Seagulls. Number one, them is Seagulls. Yeah, number one, them is Seagulls, because they're fucking everywhere. 
every coast, there's a seagull. There's always seagulls and they're just so annoying and they're always in your face. We were talking about how much I like seagulls. I think they're cute. I think they're so cute. They're cute until they like steal your chips and you're like, oh, <laughs> come on. They're so aggressive sometimes uh, when they steal your chips. Uh, they steal they steal fries too. The first time I went to Seattle, I ate at this place on the water called Ivers and they have fried they have fried fish. They have like fish and chips. Yeah. And like Josh was like, yeah, the thing is there's seagulls and they eat all the fries. So like people throw fries in there. They're just always here eating the fries. And I was like, well, I can't wait to see this. And sure enough, they were there. They're just like hanging out, eating everyone's fries. It's great. I just want to let you know before we sign off, my mom just texted me a link. And the link is that Bella Thorne made $2 million on OnlyFans. <laughs> she wanted. She sent me the news that Bella Thorne made Did $2 she million say good dollars form? on OnlyFans in less than a week. No, she just sent it to me just, uh, you know, without any comment. Thank as you, Allison. As to understand why Allison's this is sent to me. Allison's in the know. All of you are in the know after an episode like this. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who Weekly. Keep calling at 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, and concerns. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening. Support us on patreon.com slash weekly for twice weekly bonus episodes. Um, what else is there to say? Uh, the oh, hats are on sale. Are on the sale. green, I don't know her oh, hats Katie are Perry's on album sale. Go check out. those smile. out. Smile, you to smile. Okay, that's still on <laughs> Don't promote Katy Perry's okay, album. Okay, bye. In bye. our promo. This is for our promo, not bye. Katy Perry's promo. Okay, she's doing bye. fine. Bye. Hi, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. I'm sure you've gotten this call. A number of times, but Cameron Diaz, Sandra Bullock, co-workers from my best friend's wedding. Okay. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Hi, Who Weekly. Um, I'm really mortified. Please ignore my previous call. Sandra Bullock, Julia Roberts, definitely not the same person. Still don't know how Sandra Bullock and Cameron Diaz are co-workers. Hope it's from the building in Hollywood where they all work. Okay. Never calling again. Crunch, crunch. Hey, Lindsay and Bobby. I had to pause the podcast because I was walking around the West Village and I saw your girl, uh, Patricia Clarkson. I constantly see her out and about. She was looking beautiful, as always. She was glowing. She was out with friends, wearing a mask, uh, outside of a pasta restaurant, eating pasta, the last time I saw her was about two months ago at Murray's Bagels. The girl is a legend, loves gluten. She has my vote. Love her. Good form. Bella Thorne. Goodbye. Hi, and Becky's book should be called Wind Calls the Bars. Uh, crunch, crunch. <laughs> You better run.